And welcome back once again to Kid Men Talk. This is your host, Carl Bastian, a.k.a. The Kidologist, coming to you from the Galactic Headquarters here in Parker, Colorado. Hey, today I'm going to be talking about how I got stumped by some kids and why I'm glad it happened. You might even be surprised by some of the things you're going to learn today on the show. And it's all about making the Bible your authority when you teach and not yourself. I've also got some really cool stuff to tell you about that is new on the website. If you're listening to this during the month of November 2014, a lot of this stuff is current. If you're listening to this in the future, I'm so glad these podcasts have a long life. Bear with me. I'll keep it brief. But there's always something new on Kidology, so make sure you log on and see what the current goodies are. But now, it's time for us to talk Kidmin. And that's right. Well, here we are. It's time for another podcast. I got some great stories for you today, but they're stories with a point. You know, children's ministry is full of great stories, and the best stories are about kids. And I'm going to tell you about two kids today and how they stumped me by asking me some Bible questions that I couldn't answer. Don't you love the great questions that kids answer? But before uh, we get to that, what I want to do is just make sure that you are taking advantage of the monthly member perk that we are now putting together on a single page on Kidology. Kidology is 20 years old. We're celebrating our 20th birthday this fall, and it's been growing every day for 20 years. There is just an incredible amount of stuff available on the website, but because it's so big and so wide and so deep and so high and, and it's got so much stuff that sometimes it's hard for people to realize or recognize how much amazing stuff is being added to the site all the time. So we've started something new that right in the zones, right at the top, you're going to see premium member perks. And that is a page we put together every month with what's new uh, that's free. Now, it's not everything that's new. I mean, there are new zone posts, new forum discussions, new listings in the job center and the resource direct. There's new stuff throughout the whole site constantly. But these are the most valuable downloadable resources. And some of them are for only a month because what I'm doing is I'm asking creative resource creators out there to uh, to give us some stuff to give to our members. So like we've had Uncle Charlie worship videos that are like five bucks a pop in the store, four of them free. That's a $20 value right there. And we've had... Um, the worship bulletins are in there, some kids' word bulletins. This month, we've got five complete video lessons for young learners on Thanksgiving, and they're they're incredible. In fact, the first Sunday's speeding up on us, and so um, you got to download those and save them. If you've already made your plans for this month, then put those away and plan them for next year. But you got to check out popupgoodnews.com. They, it's amazing. They're great videos. They kind of remind me if you've ever watched Sprouts. Remember when my little boy was little, we'd watch Nina and she'd interact with these uh, puppets and characters and it was a lot of fun. Well, it's, it's kind of like that. I don't know if it's based off that. It probably isn't. But it, that's what it kind of reminded me of. But we've got that. We've also got an incredible deal going right now um, from What's in the Bible for their December um, what is Christmas all about uh, series and you get uh, 30% off it's it's pretty amazing I'll link that in the show notes um, but really cool thing for Advent every year you look for something new and something creative and what I love about this adventure this family adventure get it Advent and adventure kind of put together is this was created by one of our 
Kidology members, we love when people take that time to share what, what worked and what they did in their ministry with uh, with the Kidology community. And so um, they gave us permission to um, take what they had done in their church, and we kind of jazzed it up. We used some of our artwork, and uh, we've made that available for premium members as well. So you can download that. It's 25 Days and it's 25 names of Christ, a Bible verse to look up. It tells you another aspect about Jesus. And um, and then there's an adventure to do. There's some just very simple, small, but practical, fun, relational family thing to do um, that's kind of based on that name of Christ and, and on the season. So something you can download and give out to all your parents. You can just email it to them. You can uh, you know make sure you send it home. But it's a great way to encourage your families um, to all just... Um, get together. And I probably left something off, but just go to the show notes. I don't want to give URLs on the podcast because you're probably driving or jogging or skydiving or something anyway, and you can't write down the URL. So just go to the show notes. You just go to kidology.org, click on the podcast, Kidman Talk, go to this episode, and there'll just be a boatload of links there. And uh, if you're listening to this again later and it's not Christmas time, that's all right. We've got something new for you this month. Just go to Kidology and find out what the member perks are for this month. Now, some of them are just for the month. Like if you if you go into that perk zone, you click on September and October. Some of the stuff's still there, uh, but some of them have been deleted. So sometimes you've got to get it during the month that it's live. All right, fantastic. Okay, enough about that. Hey, um, you know when we teach, what I want to talk about today very briefly is just the importance of the centrality of teaching from the Bible. In fact, I did a I did a blog post um, years ago called The Mystery of the Missing Bible. You know, as I travel around to teach, sometimes um, I visit churches and, and I buy the Bibles like uh, it's, it's MIA. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not there. I don't see them on bookshelves. I don't see teachers teaching from them. In fact, a lot of times I'll even visit churches and they'll be mega churches. They'll be great churches. They'll have these fantastic communicators um, in the pulpit and yet they won't use the Bible the entire sermon. That doesn't mean what they're preaching is unbiblical. Um, It's probably good stuff. I assume they went to seminary, and they know a lot about the Bible. But it fascinates me that they're not teaching, you know, with a Bible. Often they're not holding a Bible, or they're not quoting the Bible, or they're sharing this incredible wisdom, but they're not showing that it comes from the Word of God. And what happens is, if you do that, whether you're a senior pastor or a Sunday school teacher, what you're saying is, I am the authority. Learn from me. Follow me. Well, the problem with that is, we're sinful. We're, we're fallen. We're, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to let people down. And if we have set ourselves up as the model, um, as the authority, then when we don't live up to what we teach, then people think that what we were teaching wasn't true. It's so important that we establish that the Bible is our authority. And, and our role is to share what we're learning as we study the Bible with them. You know, the, the message needs to go into us through us, transform us, and then come out of us, is this can impact and transform you too. And there's a lot of practical ways to do that. You know, holding a Bible when you're teaching. If you use some lesson notes, stick them in your Bible so you're constantly looking at your Bible for what you're going to do next. For having kids bring their Bibles and use their Bibles and look up Bible verses and read Bible verses. But one of the things that that I think is so important is to challenge kids, or, or I should say encourage kids, to ask you questions when they don't understand something, just tell them to ask. And you won't always know the answer, but you can say, hey, I'll look into that or, or I'll get back to you. And, and when we find ourselves um, just saying things that are true 
I've always challenged my students to say, hey, if I say something and I don't tell you where it says that in the Bible, you can ask me. Now, they need to do this respectfully, but they can say, hey, Pastor Carl, where does it say that in the Bible? And often I'll know, and I just didn't bother to, to give them Bible reference. I've, I've done a lot of scripture memory, so I know a lot of the scripture, um, just like you do. But a lot of times I'll go, you know, I, I don't know, and, and I'll get back to you on that. Or I'll whip out my uh, Palm Pilot or my iPhone, whichever era we're talking about, and I'll try and find it quickly and uh, and to tell them. Well, <laughs> I got to tell you two stories. One, one is um, one that may actually surprise you because... Uh, there is a phrase that's used in the church a lot. In fact, it's in a lot of Christian songs. In fact, I just uh, Googled this phrase and uh, found a bunch of songs that have it. In fact, I'll put one of the videos uh, in the show notes just for fun. And the phrase is this. It's the streets of heaven are made of gold or streets of gold. And so one time it was kids church and um, and I was doing the wordless book. We all know the wordless book, right? You talk about um, the green page, how we need to be growing. We talk about the gold page, which is heaven. The, the dark page is the spiritual darkness that we have when we don't have Christ in our life. And then the red page, of course, is Jesus. He died on the cross to shed his blood for us on the cross. And, and so I was going through all these colors. And people have added blue for baptism or Jesus coming in the sky. I've added orange. You know, orange, you glad Jesus died for you. I mean, you can add all kinds kinds of colors. I've gone through the sports stacking cups. I had 12 color cups, so I had a, a 12 color gospel presentation. It was a lot of fun. But I was going over the gold and I was and I used to have this joke that I used to say and I did this for for years. I mean over a decade if not longer. And I used to say, you know, heaven is such a great place. You know, there's so much gold, God didn't know what to do with it. And so he asked the angels, what do I do with all this gold? And one of the angels said, well, why don't you pave the streets with it? And he said, great idea. And then I'd always say, I don't know if, if that's how it happened, but the Bible says that the streets of heaven are made of gold. And I think maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you're like me and you've actually told that to children. Well, did you know that that is unbiblical? Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the streets of heaven are made of gold. Now, if you're shocked, maybe you're pausing the podcast right now because you want to see if that's true. Well, here's the way it happened. I'm teaching that Sunday, and I'm going on about the streets of heaven being made of gold and this angel Jesus conversation. And, and afterward, a little boy came up to me, and I wish I remembered his name. I, I can still picture him to this day, but it's years ago. But he came up to me, a very uh, cute little boy, sharp-looking little blonde kid, had his little clip-on tie and everything. And, um, and he just said to me, he said, uh, Pastor Carl... Um, you've said that if you say something, we can ask you where it is in the Bible. And I said, that's right. Uh, did I say something today that, that you're wondering where it's at in the Bible? And he said, yeah, I was just wondering where in the Bible does it say that the streets of heaven are made of gold? So um, I whipped out my portable electronic device that was on my belt at the time, which was a Palm Pilot, one of the early generation ones with the graffiti, if you remember that. And I said, well, let me find that for you. So I opened up my Bible application and um, I did a search and I put in streets and the word gold. And guess what? Nothing came up. In fact, I just did this on Bible Gateway and two verses come up. Ezekiel 7.19, they'll throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be treated as a thing unclean. Okay, that's probably not it. And there's a Zechariah 9.3, um, Tyre or Tyre, am I saying that right? Has built herself a stronghold. She has heaped up silver like dust and gold like the dirt of the streets. All right, we're talking dirty streets here. That's it. 
And so then I wondered, well, it's got to be, uh, got to be somewhere. And um, so I, while I was still, I'm putting in all these different phrases. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to, you know, validate, you know, my teaching to this kid. And this little boy looks at me and he says, why don't you put in street singular and the word gold? So I'm looking at this little punk going, I think he already, I think he was baiting me. So I did, I put him street and gold and lo and behold, Revelation 21, 21 comes up. And this is where this comes from. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl, the great street, interesting, singular, of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. So I read that, and he said, see, Pastor Carl, there's only one street that's made of gold in heaven. The rest are all probably made of something else. And you know what? He, he wasn't being a smart aleck. He, he was excited when he had discovered that, and, um, and he thought he would see if his pastor was aware of that. And, um, and he was right, and I was wrong. It's kind of like when I was a kid, I was so excited to discover that the shortest verse in the Bible is not Jesus wept. Everybody says the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. And um, I was reading through my Bible, as I've done many times, as, and started doing that as a kid. And I stumbled upon Job 3, 2. Where it says, you ready for this? He said. So it's also two words, but it's actually less letters. And I was so excited. So every time I've heard a preacher or anybody say that the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept, I try to very respectfully say, actually it isn't. It's Job 3.2. Now, if you look that up in your Bible, a lot of translations, because the verse is so short, they don't even put a two by the he said. They put... 2-3, and they, it says he said, and then it has the rest of what he said. Um, but the King James Version and different translations will actually show you that it says he said. So it's kind of cool. And that, that was one of my experiences as a little kid, uh, reading the Bible and kind of discovering a, a cool thing that everybody else, you know, kind of conventional uh, wisdom had wrong. You know, another great example, uh, and this is not a Bible verse thing, but how many people have talked about in the Holy of Holies, how the, the high priest would go in there once a year with this rope tied around his leg, and um, if there was any sin in his life, he would drop dead, and so the other priest would pull him out with the rope. You know, that's not only not in Scripture, it's just flat out not true. And um, a pastor decided to research that a while ago. I read an article about this, and and um, he tr and it, he went to a rabbi, and a rabbi said, no, it's not true. And they researched all kinds of Jewish literature, um, oral and written, and um, it, it's just flat out not true. And um, and so they're trying to figure out, well, where did this come from? Because I've heard it preached. I've preached it. In fact, I used to do this prayer meeting thing where I would tell this dramatic story and scare the kids to death, and they'd all pray and confess before they went into a, a holy of holies that, that we had made and, and have a time of confession. We were doing a concert of prayer or something, and I feel really bad about that now. But um, they, they traced it back to a preacher in the 50s. They don't know if he made it up, but it's the first recorded sermon they could find where a pastor told that story and um, they don't know you know if he made it up or if someone you know some jewish guy made it up but it basically is not true and so it's very important that when we're teaching that before we repeat something that we go you know what i need to see the original source on this i need to check the bible on this and uh, now it's probably not a, a terrible thing if you've told kids that streets of heaven are made of gold. Um, it's a beautiful image, um, but it's actually just the main street. It's kind of disappointing, you know. I kind of, I kind of like the idea that I'd come out of my 
my uh, mansion in heaven and you know have a gold street but I, I don't know that I'm gonna quite make to get to be on that street you know I think Billy Graham's probably gonna be on that street you know and um, there'll be some some others you know my mom maybe maybe I'll go visit my mom I think my mom will be on that street but here's the, here's the other story that that is equally fantastic and I love it I was discipling a young boy his name was Devin and uh, he was an inner city uh, young man and uh, we were going through the awesome adventure together and uh, having a great time. So we were studying the Bible and um, doing the activities and memorizing scripture. And, and as I do with all the kids that I disciple, I say, hey, you can ask me questions, you know, anytime you want. And I, I will do my best to try to answer. So one day we uh, somehow the topic of heaven and hell came up and Devin Jones looks up at me and he's like, Pastor Carl, I, I got a question for you. I said, oh, sure, Devin, you know, what, what you thinking about? And he says, well... Is it true that there's fire in hell? I said, well, let's see what the Bible has to say about that. And so, um, and so that's so uh, that's what we did. You know, we got our we got our Bible out, and uh, and we decided to uh, do do a little research. You know, and um, and sure enough, you know, Matthew five twenty two talks about um, anyone who says to a brother or sister, "Raka is answerable to court," and anyone who says, "You fool," is in danger of the fire of hell all right and there's other references in matthew 18 and in mark 9 and and in james 3 so you know we pretty much established um that there there is fire in hell and um and so then devin says well that that's interesting um but what about um he said uh, is it true that there's no uh light in hell and i'm stuttering here because i'm trying to bible gateway while i type and um and I said, yeah, well, I think that's what the Bible says. And, and I was looking up here to see if I could find it really quick, and I can't find it. Um, but uh, we, we found the Bible passes that talked about how um, it would be in total darkness. Let me try let me try darkness here really quick. And do-do-do-do-do-do-do, um, well, Second Peter 2, 4, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. That may be one of them that we found. Um, but, you know, we we found the scripture talked about how, the you know, there's darkness in hell. And then he looked at me and he says, well, Pastor Carl, fire emits light. And so how could there be fire in hell and it be dark? Well, he had me totally stumped. Because here, you know, I had shown him from scripture about darkness in hell. And we had seen from scripture that that there's hell, I mean, fire and hell. And, um, and it did seem a little contradictory. So, you know, I said, you know, David, I, that is a good question. I have no idea, but I am going to, I'm going to try and get an answer for you. So, uh, I made this my pet question. I mean, every conversation I was in for the next week, um, I, I asked, and in fact, I was in pastoral staff meeting with a bunch of pastors, you know, theologians, Bible degrees, and I brought this up and nobody had an answer for me. And uh, so by every conversation I got in, I said, you know, I just got a question for you. I said, um, you know, I got a young man. He's asking me, how can there be fire in hell if fire puts off light? But the Bible also says that hell's a place of darkness. And um, nobody was stumped. Well, it was a Wana night and it was Grand Prix that week. And there was a bunch of guys there that were came because they were into NASCAR. And one guy was you know, wearing his NASCAR jacket. And so we're, we're chit-chatting. And, and I thought, you know what? I got a bunch of Christians here. They all love the Lord. They all know their Bible. They're, they're a wanna people. So I, I broached the question. And this one guy, I believe his name was Chuck. He said, well, Carl, it's, it's uh, probably an alcohol burn. 
I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, some race cars actually run on an alcohol-based fuel, and it's dangerous because when the car catches fire, you can't actually see the fire. It's invisible. And uh, the the uh, the uh, driver can get burned uh, pretty badly and uh, difficult fire to put out. I thought this is fascinating. So what I did is I, I went to my local uh, hardware store, grocery store, wherever, and I bought some alcohol, uh, you know, just liquid alcohol, rubbing alcohol. And I got a piece of... Um, tile I had in the basement. It was like a spare piece if one of your pieces of porcelain tile break. And then I got some poster putty and I made a little circle. Um, and I poured some rubbing alcohol in the middle and I lit it with a match. And would you believe it caught fire, but you couldn't see the flame, but you could run your hand over it and you could feel, ow, you, you, you could burn yourself. And that, that was why I put the poster putty in a little circle it wouldn't run off and burn the house down everybody see that the house is on fire but we don't see any flame well i'm sure you'd see flames if the if the house caught fire but i was fascinated so i was so excited for my next discipling session with devin because he came now i didn't want to tell him what the substance was because i was really afraid of him reproducing this and burning his house down so i just said i have a secret substance here and um, it burns, but the flame's invisible. And so I repeated my little experiment, and he was fascinated. I mean, we kept running our hand over the flames, and we could we could feel the burn, um, you know. And you wouldn't burn your hand because you you pull away before you burn your hand. And he, but he just kept bugging me and bugging me. But what was it? What was it? And I kept saying, I don't want to tell you because I'm afraid you're going to reproduce this. Well, he promised me that uh, that he would you know never never do that. And so I finally let him in on what it was and um and uh, and he didn't burn his house down well months go by at least a month and i get a call from devin's mom and uh and she was asking about this this alcohol burning thing and 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 how this had come up with devin and i was a little nervous i said you didn't burn anything she said oh no 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 i just curious about the background so i i told her the same story and she says well you may not realize this but Devin's father's in prison, and uh, one of the reasons he's in prison, it's a it's an alcohol related offense, and that that's all I'll share on the podcast. And um, but Devin got to go on a visit, and his father didn't know the Lord, and um, so he was visiting his dad. They, they they allow that from time to time, and Devin's a little preacher boy. In fact, he's in the ministry today um, as as an adult, and uh, he talked to his father and he said dad do you know what the bible says that there's fire in hell and his dad said oh, yeah if you say so did you know dad that also says in the bible that hell is a place of darkness and his dad said well i i, I guess if, if you say so and he said dad how, do you know how that's possible you know because fire lets off light so how can there be fire in hell if if if, if there's no light is his dad didn't know. He didn't really know why his son was asking this. And his son looked at his dad. And of course, I wasn't there. This is a recreation through the mom. But he said, Dad, it's because of all the alcohol <laughs> that, that you and other bad people were drinking. And he preached to his dad about his alcoholism and uh, and how that was going to end him up in hell, where that alcohol was going to burn, and um, but burn in darkness. Well, uh, it wasn't exactly the application I, <laughs> I had in mind, but, uh, but he was able to, um, uh, 
I was going to say scare the something out of his dad, but I, I think I'll resist. Um, but he was able to share the gospel with his dad um, as a result of that. So kids ask us the craziest questions, and we need to be willing to not know the answers. We need to be willing to look for the answers, to search for the answers, and to make sure that we teach in such a way that kids know that we are also on a pursuit of truth. We're we're willing to be shown wrong. We're willing to grow. We're willing to change our mind on things because studying the Bible is a lifelong pursuit. You know, I love teaching kids about the Word of God, and I love telling them some of the fun things you discover in there, like a talking donkey or the verse that I like to go into my mom's room when I was little when she was still in bed and say, Mom, Proverbs 6, 9 says, How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of your hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a bandit and scarcely like an armed thief. And by then she was throwing a pillow at me and telling me to get out of her room. But I loved finding cool verses like that. In fact, just last night I was uh, Facebook messaging uh, Jeff from Jumpstart 3. And um, we he joked in the morning, do you look at the timestamp on our messages? We're both night owls, and he he said something about you know uh, long live creativity or something because creative people uh, tend to be night owls. So I replied to him with Proverbs six four, and um, how, which is allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. The, the the Bible is just full of great verses, and of course sometimes you can have a little fun taking them out of context. In fact, um, if you can find this verse and you post it in the Forum notes. I'll, I'll send you uh, something free, a free product worth over ten bucks on Kidology. I know which one I'm going to send, but I'm not going to tell you. And um, if you can find my favorite verse, it's two at Parbar, four at the Causeway, and two at Parbar. It's found in the Old Testament. That's all I'm going to tell you. And um, so when people often ask me what my favorite Bible verse is, I quote that chapter and verse, and I just say, Oh, you know, two at Parbar, four at the Causeway, and two at Parbar. It just, oh. It just blesses me every time. It just it just moves me, you know, and people get a kick out of that. So the Bible is a lot of fun, and kids need to see that we enjoy learning it. We enjoy discovering things. We enjoy sharing what we discover, and that we're inviting them not to just learn from us as a super authority, super smart person, but we're, enjoy, we're inviting them to join us on the discovery of studying God's Word so that we can get to know God better, we can learn how to follow Him better, and that we can share Him with others better. Well, that's it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. And as always, thanks for your feedback. I love to hear from you on Twitter at Kidman Talk and email carl at kidmantalk.com. And I was always in the forum discussion. Remember, if you tell me where two at par bar, four at the causeway, and two at par bar is, I'm going to send you a prize. But until next time, this is Carl, and I'll see you on kidology.org.